Man, welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so <clears throat> once again, we're in the book of Isaiah, and we're in the section of Isaiah where he's talking about these six woe oracles. So woe oracles are just oracles of judgment against uh, different people groups um, by Yahweh himself. And he gives specific reasons. So we're in the second one. Remember, in 28, uh, it was a woe oracle against Samaria. Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Here in 29, there's a woe oracle against Jerusalem, which was the capital, the capital of the southern kingdom of Judah. And so once again, God judges his own people. By the way, I don't think I've ever said this. I think I've said it off off the podcast before. But um over and over in the Old Testament, God is going to judge his people, right? And people will be like, yo, man, the God of the Old Testament is, is different, bro. God, New Testament, I'm with that. Like, I ain't Old Testament, I ain't really with it. One of the things that you have to remember is, again, the Bible is a window, right? We see God, and it's this cohesive narrative and story. And so one of the ways in the New Testament that God judges his people, do you know how? Jesus, right? Like Jesus, in a sense, we've said it over and over. Jesus, in a sense, represents the whole of Israel, right? Like he is the ultimate Israelite and God's plan crescendos and and climaxes in this one person. And so God is going to judge his people in Christ, right? Like, Like Christ is going to be judged. And because of that, we won't get the judgment, right? And so God still does the same thing. Um, but it's through his grace and we see his kindness and his wisdom in sparing us in that. Right. Um, so yeah, that was just a side note. Um, but yeah, nonetheless true. So in 29, um, he comes, yo, he's talking about Jerusalem and he's like, yo, basically he's going to use these first person singular pronouns. He's like, I, 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 he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. Um, showing like, yo, there's no, I don't want you to have no mistake man like make no mistake about it i'm bringing judgment this is yahweh the god of the like the god of the universe and he says in verse six you will be punished by the lord of armies with thunder earthquake and loud noise storm tempest and a flame of consuming fire one of the things that you see in the bible um is that these natural events that god speaks of here right um the natural events of nature accompany a theophany or an appearance of god so genesis 3 you have the voice of the lord uh exodus 3 you have the fire uh genesis 3 you had the loud noise exodus 3 you have the fire right that came and spoke to Mo- uh what god spoke to moses and then exodus 19 when he gives the law of mount sinai you have these sounds of thunder and so god is going to use his creation right the uh the uproar of his creation to announce his coming and he's saying the same thing here but however it is a coming of judgment and why here look what he says he says these people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service yet their hearts are far from me and human rules direct the worship of me now jesus is going to say this to the pharisees and that's kind of where we remember it. But here in this original context, God is indicting Jerusalem here by saying, fam, y'all all talk, right? Like, yo, 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 y'all talk about me on social media. I'm all in your bio, right? Y'all do all of this talking about being with me. You check this religious box, but your heart is really far from me, right? And the posture of our words, guys, ought to mirror the posture of our hearts, right? God is saying, don't be a people that seem to be following me, but a people that really do, right? And man, 
I swear, in the year of our Lord, 2021, it is easier than ever <laughs> to fall into this category, right? It's just so easy now to just have a facade, bro. Like, it really is, especially with, like, an online presence, right? Like, it's just easy to fool folks. And sometimes the people were fooling all ourselves, right? Like, we're, we're fooling ourselves. And God is saying, man, you guys are people that are just going through the motions, Right. Y'all are just going through the motions, saying all the right things. When people ask you, how you doing? How's your prayer life, bro? You're saying good. How's your walk with the Lord? You're saying, man, it's been, you know, you just have all the right words. But your hearts. Right. God cares so much, man, more about our hearts than anything else. Why? Because from our hearts flow everything else. Right. God wants us right on the inside. And from there, change how we live on the outside. And Israel was saying and doing all of the rituals and doing all the right things, but ultimately going through the motions. And God is not pleased with that. He's really not. Verse 14, he'll say, yo, man, therefore, I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The wisdom of their wise will vanish and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden. Man, it's so much in this text or in this verse. Um, but what he's ultimately saying is this. In the last days, I'm going to do something in the midst of my people that will be elusive, right, to human wisdom, knowledge, and intelligence. The Apostle Paul will pick up this text in 1 Corinthians 1 to talk about the cross being foolishness. In other words, the cross is going to look foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is God's power. And you know who primarily Paul and uh, this text is talking about in context, Israel, All right? So in other words, what the Bible is saying is that God's wonders and works of wisdom is so infinitely deep, right? And it shows itself in the man, the cross of Jesus is so deep that it shames the wise men of this world who think they can outwit God's judgment, right? Um, and yeah, Paul, when he kind of reappropriates this text, Man, he's basically saying, like, man, it's possible to be a brilliant, it's possible to be a brilliant fool, right? There are so many people who um, are wise in a very worldly sense, but who re reject the cross and that as a means for salvation, right? And God is saying, like, no, 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 my wisdom dwarfs human wisdom. And in the last days, I'm going to do something that will dwarf human wisdom and the perceptive and the wise will be unable to comprehend. And God is telling us like, yo, we need to trust in the wisdom of God, especially that which has been revealed in Christ. And even in this life, man, this is such a word. Sometimes what God says is wise will look very foolish, right? It will look very foolish, it just will. And, you know, God is just saying, like, that's the ironic upside down way of the kingdom. Right. That's the way I do things. And, yeah, he calls his people to place his faith in that. And I love how, you know, these verses are a hinge point for the end of the chapter, because what he goes on to say is that, man, on that day, the devil here, the words of a document. This is verse 18 of chapter 29. The words of a document and out of a deep darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord and the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One. 
of Israel. So what God will do in the book of Isaiah, especially, is he will rebuke Israel for being blind and deaf and unable to discern uh, spiritually the working of God in history. But when Christ comes, man, one of the things he does is he opens blind eyes and deaf ears, right? Like he literally breaks some of the hardness of his people that comes to him in faith. And so, man, what we see is, man, God himself is the remedy to our deep spiritual disease. Like, in other words, man, trying to heal ourselves of this blindness would be like a blind man going to purchase a new prescription, right? Like, it <laughs> it just won't work, right? Um, he needs his blindness removed uh, from someone outside of himself. Um, yeah. And so, man, my prayer today is that in many ways we can be that way. Um, even as, yeah, believers now, like we can still be blind to many things that the Lord is doing. And I just pray that God will open our eyes. Um, and we have eyes of faith to see, uh, his work in the world. And so Isaiah 30 comes and he's, he's on and on. And he's still talking about, you know, the stubbornness, right? The, the God's children are stubborn to make their own plans. So here in this context, man, uh, you know, Israel is going to make this plan to make a political alliance with uh, Egypt. I'm sorry, Judah is going to make this plan to make a political alliance with Egypt when uh, Assyria is going to come and try to attack them. Right. So the, in other words, they're looking. I said this before. They're looking for salvation in politics, <laughs> essentially. Right. Essentially. Um and what God is saying is like, yo, this is only going to lead to your shame and humiliation. And then in verse 10, he's going to say, yo, they say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy the truth to us. Tell us flattering things. Prophesy illusions. So in uh, the prophetic literature of the Bible, seers is just another word for prophets. So they were seers because they saw visions of the Lord and the Lord used the visions uh, so they could go speak to the people. And so one of the ways that God's people are evidence of being of judgment being upon them, and this is even true today, um, is a direct refusal, listen to this, to accept the truth that which God has revealed clearly to his people. And that's why Paul in 2 Timothy will say in the last days, he's like, yo, folks will only want to hear things that tickle their ears, right? By false teachers, right? And so all throughout the prophets, man, God is going to say, yo, like, man, the false prophets are famous among y'all, right? He's like, the irony is like, yo, these cats are never cats that are just of little influence, right? They're usually those who are well-known, gifted, convincing, persuasive, right? And this is what makes them so dangerous because especially when God's people are in a hardened state, he's like, yo, these things tickle us. These things Make us happy. Like, these are the things we want. And here, God is saying, yo, y'all don't even want to hear the truth, right? Y'all want to hear things that flatter y'all in illusions, right? And, man, we have to be, we have to remember, man, and to heed, give heed to the things that God has clearly revealed in his word and that he's spoken through his apostles, right, and prophets and his uh, teachers. Got, um, and so, yeah, man, like that is uh, what Yahweh is condemning Israel for. Um, but once again, you know, he goes on to bring, yeah, like he always does, hope in the midst 
of judgment. So he'll say, yo, for people will live on in Zion and Jerusalem. You will never weep again. He will show favor to you at the sound of your outcry. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. The moonlight will be as bright as the sunlight and the sunlight will be seven times brighter like the light of seven days on the day that the Lord bandages his people's injuries and heals the wounds he inflicted. So God, even in the midst of this text, is upset with his people, but he still promises hope in the midst of judgment. Isaiah 31 comes, and it's going to basically sum up what we've just said. And one of the reasons that he's going to say that Judah was trying to trust in Egypt was because of the size of their army. So they're like, man, Assyria, they big and bad and tough. Man, we need to go find the biggest army to help us, right? And it's a spit in the face of God because God is saying, yo, man, ultimately, I don't care how strong they are, right? Egyptians are men, verse 3 of 31, not God. Their horses are flesh, not spirit. So when the Lord raises his hands to strike, the helper will stumble and the one who is helped will fall. Both will perish together. In other words, you going to get them and, and y'all still won't lose, right? Like y'all still will not win. And what God is saying is, man, there are some things that we come against in this life that humanity does not have the power, resources, or ability, or schemes to help us with, right? Or save us from. And he's saying, man, we ought to be more discerning. We can't make life or death decisions merely based off the way things seem with our eyes. We have to see with the eyes of faith and trust in the God of the universe because he can get us out of situations that no man can. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, you tell us things that is often hard to hear, but it's often needed, God, like medicine. God, sometimes it's so hard to swallow, but we need it to be healthy, to be whole, and to live. And so, God, I pray that you would give us those things.